Welcome back to another podcast. Thanks so much for clicking play and listening with us today. We covered so many funny and interesting topics on this one. Yeah, we talked about hit training versus strength training, uh, training on a on the stairmaster. And when you should take cold showers, if they're even beneficial. We kind of went on and on about that pumpkin spice latte from Starbucks, even though it wasn't part of the question. <laughs> and we also hit up armpit fat and how yes. to get rid of that. So enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the Live Lean TV podcast. My name is Brad Guthrow, and we're on a journey to show people how to live lean 365 days a year while enjoying what you love. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's get the show started. Yes, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of... Hashtag Ask Live Lean TV. Yeah, so we're on episode number 63 of the podcast. This is, I think, number three or four of the audio version only. We started at 60. Was it 60? 61, 62, 63. So yeah. it's the fourth one. Yeah, so one of the things when we're doing podcast only is, um, you know, when we were doing these, these on YouTube, the engagement, like you, you see comments, you see people asking questions and everything. And one of the things with podcasting is it doesn't quite give you that same commenting feature. So make sure that uh, if you do have questions that you want answered on the show, make sure you use hashtag AskLiveLeanTV over on social and uh, tag at TV. So over on Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, and what am I missing? Facebook. Yes, but the main reason we switched to doing the audio only was for you guys so you could be more productive. Mm -hmm. While you're listening to this, you can be doing something like meal prepping or working out or, uh, you know, just cleaning your house, doing whatever you need to do. Yeah, that's the great thing about audio. Audio is it's a passive form of... Um, Soaking in information, of soaking in. learning. Yeah, where a video is, you have to be watching and listening. Audio, you just take it in. You can be working out just like Jessica said. So mm -hmm. we really appreciate you guys joining us here on the podcast. So we have some great questions for the show today. I think we should jump right in if you're ready. Okay, I'll ask the first one. It's from Leonie Marie. She says, I work out six times a week from home. Four strength sessions with upper and lower body split and three hit sessions. One day I do both together. I have a small, I have two small kids and work from home. If I'm having an extra stressful day and I'm lower on sleep and it's a hit day, would it be a good idea to swap the hit to a strength session as I've heard hit boost your cortisol levels and on a day when there's already when the stress is already high, could that make me hold on to more weight than if I did a strength session? Okay, Leonie, great question. This was on Snapchat. So um, this is kind of one of those majoring in the minor type questions. Um, so regardless of what type of workout you do, your cortisol levels are going to rise. That's just the way the body works. The stress, so cortisol levels are a stress uh, hormone in the body. So regardless if you're doing HIT or if you're doing a heavy leg day or if you're just doing body weight, you're still going to be increasing those cortisol levels. But to get to the root of the question, if you are lacking sleep, um, I would say, you know, if the, if the question is to skip a workout or not to skip a workout, I would say if you're really tired and your workouts are going to lag anyway, and if you just need to get that extra sleep, get the sleep. Sleep is very important for all things living lean, for recovery, for growth, for everything. Um, but if you're, if the question is, should I do strength or should I do hit? Just do whatever is in your program that you're doing. Like you don't have to 
be that um, was minuscule the right word uh, that picky yeah. on yeah. on what you want to do. So that's my take on that question. Yeah, I think it also it's important not to be afraid of your cortisol rising a little bit. Like he said, it's like, you know, working out does put stress on the body, but this is the kind of positive stress that we mm-hmm. want versus the kind of negative stress that comes from when you're like so worried about doing the right workout or like, you know, just worried about everything. That's the kind of negative stress you want to avoid. So I would say take a deep breath. Don't worry about it. Do whichever workout is on your program, like he said. Or, you know, if you really don't feel like that, then do whatever you do feel like because some activity is going to be probably better for you than none. But I would rather see you, Leone, just doing four really solid, good quality workouts per week than like squeezing in six that are all like kind of sloppy quality, if Mm. that makes sense. So if the question is, you know, does it have to be six workouts per week? The answer is no, it doesn't have to. And I'd rather you do fewer if they're going to be better quality. Mm -hmm. So always put your quality over the quantity. But, you know, and I'll, it, it's not like it's going to make or break your results. And I'll throw this thing in last to, to answer the question. So you said that you're tired. If I had to choose between one of two workouts, like if the answer was yes, you're going to work out. If I had to choose between a strength workout and a hit workout when you're tired, I would do a hit workout. And the reason being is... With a strength workout, you want to make sure that you're mentally focused on what you're doing. You got to make sure that your form is on point because slightly dangerous if you're sloppy. Yeah, with a strength workout, you're loading weights onto your body, onto your joints, onto your muscle. I want you to be like really focused when you're doing that. Whereas when you're doing a hit, whether it's jump rope, whether it's burpees, whether it's sprints on the treadmill at the track, you have less of a tendency to injure yourself because it's more like body weight. So Mm -hmm. I would just end the question with that. If Mm -hmm. um, so, there's like three different ways that we could answer your question there. So hopefully one of those made sense (laughs) and you go with that one. So let's jump to the next question from, I think this one is from David Fuses on Instagram. And first of all, shout out to David. He is crushing it. He's tagging us uh, on all of his work. I guess he posts a workout every day from our Team Live Lean programs over on Instagram. He tags us showing what he's doing. Love the commitment, David. It's, it's amazing seeing the transformation that you're going through. So the question is, why is it that during the Stairmaster interval training, doing 30 seconds of intense speed, I can do without getting exhausted, but as soon as I lower my speed to my resting speed, I feel like I'm dying. Then as soon as that 30 seconds was done, I upped the speed again and I was feeling great again. It made me not want to do the bloody rest. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. It's so weird how like when you're in the midst of your high interval, you don't really like feel it yet. I mean, I think I start feeling it more as the workout goes on. But like the first couple of high intervals, I usually feel like I'm flying. Like I'm on top of the world. Everything's great. And then you're right. Like as soon as you hit that rest, you're like, oh, wait a minute. And you like hit that wall. So, you know, this is just a natural um I guess lag time between when your heart realizes how much work it has just done so that's totally normal natural um, feeling when you're doing these high intensity intervals but I don't let that discourage you from taking the rest yeah. because if you didn't take the rest you would still hit that wall anyway and it would be much much worse your work your workout would only last like two minutes <laughs> I, I would I would question you I wouldn't say it's normal for this to happen really? I know what I know Tell me how do you feel after? I know when I'm doing my hits like at the high interval speed, I can't wait until I get that time to not relax, but the active recovery where you allow your heart rate to come back down. Because mm. during a hit sec- session, like 
during that high interval um, interval, you should be your muscles should be screaming and burning because it's a short period of time. So you should be giving every single effort that you have. And I'm not saying that you're not giving it, but by the end of that 30 second high intensity interval, like you should be like just grueling and needing that break. So um, yeah, if you're not giving your all, you're not getting it the most out of a hit training session. Mm-hmm. But once again, David, I'm not I'm not questioning you if you are giving it. I'm just saying, like, make sure that at the end of that 30 seconds, you are going all out. Yeah, and you know what? I hate to, uh, you know, sound like negative or whatever, but these hit workouts are never going to get easy. So if you think that, you know, they're just hard because it's something new for you, it's harder when it's new, that's for sure, and you will get better at these. But I don't, you know, want to put this false pretense out there that someday it will be easy and you won't feel like you're dying. Because yeah. I still feel like that, and it's been, you know, a long time. And that, I've done many, many hit workouts. And that's why hit workouts are short. Because yes. your intensity level is up during those short interval sprints yeah. and your body can't sustain that for a long period of time. So it's getting more results done, more effort done in a shorter period of time. That's what we love, yeah. hit training. So, um, And then I'll just um, – I had another point there. i got to remember what I wanted to say. But, oh, yeah, just – this is kind of an, another overall kind of hit thing that I've experienced is um, let's say we have you doing 10 – um, interval sessions. So top 10 high, 10 low. I find that when you get to the sixth to the seventh mm-hmm. um, hit interval, that's when it starts to begin to feel like, yes. Like, like you get I'm, a second win. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's the fourth and fifth interval where you start mm-hmm. to question yourself. Like, the middle is muddy. I don't yeah. know if I want to get to 10 or I don't I know agree. if I can get to 10. Yeah, the but doubts. If, but if you mentally get past interval four and interval five, the sixth one is still a little dicey, but the seventh and eighth, it's like, to me, it's like, okay, I'm on the home stretch. It's Very like, encouraging. I'm counting on my fingers. Like, how yeah. many more do I have yeah, to yeah. go? And you can see the end is near. Yeah. So, Feels guys, so good. if you are following along with our Team Live Lean workouts and doing the HIT workouts, you know, those are some mindset tips for you to just kind of get through it. I have one more thing I want to say about mindset, especially regarding HIT workouts. Is like, it can be really fun to be super dramatic when you're training. Like, oh, my God, that was the hardest thing ever. You know, sometimes that can be fun and it can feel good but I would encourage all of you guys to be really careful the words that come out of your mouth and the thoughts that you say and the things that you say out loud especially are really creating your experience so if you go into a workout saying this is going to be the hardest thing ever and I'm gonna die like you're gonna have a different experience than if you really talk to yourself mentally like I'm strong Mm -hmm. I got this I can do this I will feel winded I'll feel exhausted but I'll get through it and it's worth it and I got this you know those are the kind of encouraging internal thoughts and external words that you can and should be saying about your workouts and it will change your experience so just try to spin a positive light and think about how you're going to feel after it's done Mm -hmm. that's what i always do is like okay when you get into it if you're a little if you're not quite into the workout yet because you know you, you feel like you just have to get it done Start putting your mind towards the end game. Like, what am I benefits. Gonna, what am I going to feel like at the end of this workout? Yeah. Like, nobody, like the, the cliche saying is nobody ever complained that, oh, I should never have done that workout. Unless right. you're injured. But it's like, oh, I wish <laughs> I never crushed that sprint workout. Mm-hmm. Like, no one says that. Come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I like I totally understand that the drama of working out can be really fun sometimes. Like, oh, it's the hardest thing ever. Yeah. It's been dying. But just, um, just try to an experiment and see what happens if you change the language around that okay great questions guys let's keep moving on instagram from uh maria marissa lou marissa lou i think you asked me this one 
Okay, so Marissa Lu wants to know, um, recently I've just signed up for the Tough Mudder 2018 in the UK. Feeling pumped and nervous all at the same time as this will be my first major kind of fitness event. Have you guys ever participated in any fitness event like such or a marathon? And if so, how did you prepare for it? Training and nutrition wise. P.S. Curious to know who baby Kai takes after mom or dad. If you guys have your baby photos to compare and take a snapshot. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um, Marissa. So Marissa is another Team Live Lean member who is once again very engaged. And over... doing amazing with your progress. Good job. Very engaged over on our uh, Facebook community page. We love that, guys. So um, that's one of the things when you guys join the Team Live Lean program is the community side of it. Mm -hmm. That, you know, you're getting to see other people doing the same programs as you. Um, you can talk about things. It's, it's just great having everybody in there and not just being in there, but actually talking and mm -hmm. engaging with each other. I love seeing you guys engage with each other. So great job. So let's get to your question. The question is tough mutter. So I have never officially done a tough mutter i've done other forms of similar obstacle course training and your question hey, is you did one like mud thing that was just like that maybe it was a tough mutter yeah it no, was I, something like that with mud involved yeah it was uh, yeah so it was a very similar <laughs> thing um but you're asking me if i how did i prepare for training nutrition wise I didn't do anything different than what I'm doing now. Like that's the beautiful thing of the live lean style training and the live lean nutrition that we always talk about is that it's functional. So I don't classify our training as quote unquote, like bodybuilding or, um, our, our training methods, like the exercises we're getting you to do the, the tempos, the rest periods, all everything structured in our workout programs are to get you guys to be better at life. So when we say functional training, it's like, it's to be, it's to be able to help you guys lift up your grocery bags or to be able to pick up your suitcase and put it in that overhand compartment in a plane on a flight. Like it's things to get you stronger in everyday activities. So that's what this Tough Mudder is like. It's getting you to climb fences, getting you to do all these things. It's back strength. It's it's leg strength. It's endurance. Like it's all that. And that's what you get with all of our workout programs. So I specifically didn't do anything different. I just followed the protocols, what I was doing, stayed on my workout program. And I mean, I just crushed that <laughs> obstacle course. Did you win it? Did did you win it though? No, actually I was with a group of friends and we all agreed in the beginning just that we would together. stay together. Yeah, yeah. And I'll just throw it out there. A lot of the, my friends weren't in the same kind of <laughs> living shape that I was in. So it wasn't as fun for me, but it was just a good social thing. But you weren't doing it competitively. No. You're just doing it to have fun. But yeah, Marissa, I actually have done a Spartan race. I don't know if... Uh what the distinction is between that and Tough Mudder. I feel like they're really similar. similar. Yeah, so um, what I, I did to prepare for that, I didn't really change a whole lot nutritionally like leading up to it. The morning before, I did like carb load because this yeah. was like pre-living lean and I guess that was like the thing to do. This is like long before I met Brad. Um, anyway, we like went out for pancakes and like ate too many carbs and that actually made me feel sluggish. Exactly. So I don't recommend doing that. I say nutrition wise, stick to yeah. healthy, normal nutrition in your normal portion sizes. You don't need to load before a race like this. Can I just jump in here for a quick second? Like, um, I, I don't claim to be an expert on endurance events, like running marathons, nutrition protocols for running marathons. I have read books on it and more and more people now who are doing endurance training and coaches who are in endurance training the whole carb loading thing is a total myth it's it's <laughs> yeah. not like if you look at some of the best endurance people now 
some of them are even doing the ketogenic diet. Yeah. So um, you I know would... what's the unfortunate thing about that? All the blood goes to your stomach trying to digest. So I think in a way it actually backfires, makes you, like I said, more sluggish and like even weaker than if you didn't do that. So I yeah. think it's actually not only is it not a good idea, it's actually a bad idea. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's our take on it. I would just go into this as a tough mutter. It's just it's a fun thing. Like, yeah, you know, be safe. Don't. Like, obviously, like, make sure you're not getting electrocuted by the fences and everything. <laughs> but it's meant to be fun. Like, you're, I mean, I, I know you're not training to be the world's best Tough Mudder racer. Yeah. So, you know, just stick with the Live Lean TV or the uh, Team Live Lean workout programs, the nutrition, the meal plans that we're giving you, and you're going to do great. But also, Marissa, I know that probably one of the reasons why you even chose to do this was because you're looking for some kind of motivation to take you to the next level. Yeah. So I would suggest like researching what obstacles are in the race. If you know that you're going to have to do a couple of pull-ups, that should give you really like awesome motivation to during our Live Lean workouts, like really take the pull-ups more seriously mm -hmm. and get really good and really strong at it. And I know that like one of the things I I did preparing for the Spartan race because reading online, I knew it was going to be a nine mile race. I was like, uh oh, I better be able to handle nine miles. So, you know, in the weeks leading up to it, I built up like I made a running schedule. So I'd start with a one mile run and then I'd do a three mile run and just kind of work my way up just to make sure that I would be able to survive that much running. So, you know, look at what the course obstacle has included in it and let those be sort of your goals, your motivators to you know, still stay on the team leveling workout plans, but just use those elements in there to like, you know, take you to the next level and make sure that you're prepared for that race. Yeah. And just another side note on endurance training. Like, like I said, I'm not an expert <laughs> in endurance training, but I was reading a book uh, from Tim Ferriss. I can't remember if it was the four hour body or if it's his, if his new one, the tools of Titans, but he was referring to people that were training for endurance events, like, and they never ran an actual long distance run. They were training doing 400 meters. But you're saying that was a good thing, right? Yeah. Like, no, yeah. like the, the coach that they were dealing with was training these endurance, these people to run endurance events and was only getting them to do 400 meter sprints. I don't know. In my opinion, like, I feel like you'd be more ready if you'd actually done a long distance yeah, run before then. Like I but... said, that's not, I'm, like I said, I'm not an expert on it. I'm not recommending it. I'm just saying things that I've read. I just think the new stuff coming out on endurance training is kind of turning the old ways of doing it on its side. So, mm. um, do more research do on more endurance research. training. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So next question on, I think this was on Twitter is from Liliana Merchan says, what is your take on metabolic types Are habits involved? I am a protein type when I'm actually a mixed type me thing. <laughs> okay. I, I had a hard time reading that one, but the question is, what is your take on metabolic types? Did you... I feel like we may have answered this question already. Did like, we answer this familiar, one? but may... I know we've talked about metabolic types so many times. Yeah. So. so there's so many different things in the nutrition world, like so many different um, types of things that you could look at. Am I this? Am I that? Am I... And so metabolic types is, I think if I remember correctly, it's like metabolic type A, B, and C. Oh, I thought we were talking like mesoendo. No. So metabolic types are like A, B, and C. So what do you respond better to? Like Protein, the carbon, Yeah, the macronutrients. So, um, you know, I may be off base, but I'm going to answer your question if that's what you were referring to. So I think metabolic type A is the one that I'm best suited for, my body type, and that's a higher protein, lower carbohydrates, and fats. So then you have, I think it's it's uh, metabolic, metabolic type B is more high on carbohydrates and then metabolic type C is more 
33, 33, 33. Okay. Yeah. So, um, well, are habits involved? I would say maybe because, well, the thing is you're not going to know which type you are unless you change your habits or unless you're willing to change. Yeah, your habits. I mean, it, it goes, yeah. this goes for any type of diet or any type of nutrition habits are everything. Like yeah. it's not a short term thing. It's like, if you don't have habits, you're not going to make it into a long term sustainable thing. So yeah, what's the point of even starting? Right. Absolutely. So, um, that would, maybe we did answer your question before. Maybe that one just got thrown in there again. But if we didn't answer your question exactly how you uh, thought it should be answered, hit us back and let us know. Yeah. Okay, let's go on to our next question from Chad Lindsay. says, Brad, does a cold shower after hit slow or stop the afterburn effect? Is sweating long after hit a sign of afterburn working? All right, Chad, my boy. Chad's uh, from my old... My old stomping grounds in Halifax, really? 90210. 90210. Wait a minute. 902. Where are you from? <laughs> Not from Beverly Hills. 902 <laughs> represents. So um, does the hit slow or stop after the afterburn effect based on a cold shower? So a cold shower, once again, I've been doing a lot of reading on cold showers as well. And no, it doesn't stop the afterburn effect. And cold showers are actually very beneficial for a lot of different ways. One, it improves recovery. So when you do like a, a tough hit workout, a tough strength workout, whatever it is, your muscles are kind of sore. And you always see like the football players jumping in the big ice tubs after workouts because it's a great way to help re recover and repair. Another cool thing about getting a cold shower is that I recently did an episode on this on fat cells. So a lot of people, if you haven't seen that episode on YouTube or if you haven't listened to that episode on the podcast, go back and, and listen to it. But um, the body has you know different types of fat cells. Some are good, some are bad. So you have the white fat cells, which typically are like the belly fat, the elbow fat, the arm fat, the bat wings, all the fat that you don't want. But then there's the good type of fat, which is the brown fat cells. And actually cold showers and cold temperatures and everything like that can help um, with creating more brown fat cells, which then help you burn more body fat. So that's just another reason why cold showers can be a great thing. Um, so yeah, I would, it, but the thing with cold showers is, can you do it? Can you sustain it? And can you make it a daily habit or, you know, an everyday? It's not something you do, is it, babe? It's not something I do. So it's not something I do either. So that's just one tip for you guys that it's not required if you want to live lean. But it, I mean, could it be something that helps you slightly? Maybe, but we're talking again about majoring in the minor. No, I mean, I think it, I just don't do it. But, you know, I think... Do you really think you'd be any leaner if you did? Not if you're still slamming a Whopper every day <laughs> <laughs> or a big, big Mac. I'm talking about you specifically. Like, would you be 1% leaner? No, if it, well, it's that? not, like I said, it's not just about being leaner. It's about being, like, improving inflammation and mm -hmm. improving muscle recovery and everything. Like, maybe I could be. Maybe I should do, like, a 30-day challenge where I do... Yeah. With, hey, uh, let's all vote. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone want to see Brad do a 30-day cold shower challenge? Yeah, so all I'm saying is a cold shower... There's not a negative to it. It's not going to stop the afterburn effect, which means it's not going to slow your metabolism after your workouts. Um, it's Got actually it. going to help improve. So yeah. if you can do it, if you can jump in a cold tub with ice or if you can just let the cold shower and It doesn't have to be a 15-minute cold shower. It could be like a four-minute cold shower, and then you turn the hot water on you well, afterwards. Well, how long is enough? Can you do 10 seconds? You could do 10 seconds, but, I mean, I don't I think don't that's know. necessarily going to be enough. I feel like there must be some kind of minimum for it to be effective. Maybe until your body feels cold would be long enough. Well, the idea of shivering is Ugh. a part of that, so that's the good thing. When your body shivers, you're actually burning more calories. Uh, yeah, but you know what, though, guys? I kind of, I'm going to have to take the disagreeing stance oh. on it. Oh, ding, ding, ding. 
Like, very rarely do we disagree, but like... We always disagree. What oh, are you talking come about? come on, babe. I don't know. We should go back and see how many times we disagreed. But um, on this one, bro, I'm going to have to say that temperature, I feel like, affects your ability to burn fat, gain muscle, whatever you want to do less than people think when you're sweating long after a hit workout it's probably because you're in a warm climate or just because your body sweats more than other people's do it doesn't necessarily mean that you're burning more calories because you're continuously sweating and i think a lot of people have this misconception that the more they sweat during a workout the greater the calorie burn or the better the workout yada yada whatever but as you know as like a very light sweater myself like i barely sweat I feel like, you know, to me, that's not one of the indicators I look for, whether a workout was good or not, is how sweaty I am after. I mean, I'm just, like, for me, for a workout to be good, sweat is not required, if that makes sense. No, to me, it, it means the room was warm. Well, maybe, but, yeah. you know, your body temperature Or my rest ri- periods your, were really short. Your body temperature's rising. Yeah. You know, you need, your, your body's, a, it's going to help you know, bring it back down to homeostasis. So it's going to sweat. So that's no, it. sweating is good and natural for you. But I'm saying like, if you're working out in a cold environment, you're going to sweat less than if you're in a hot environment. Mm-hmm. And same thing with the airflow. If there's a lot of breeze in the room, you'll sweat less than if yeah. there's no breeze. So, so I just don't think that you should use sweating as a determinant if you're getting a good workout. Well, this, you just went off on a tangent because sweating <laughs> wasn't any part of that question. <laughs> so yes, it was. <laughs> Sweating was? Go back to the quote. Look, does sweating long after hit? All right. Oh, come on. My mouth is shut. not even paying attention. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, Chad, to, to just answer your question, would I say that cold showers are a major key? No. <laughs> but is it going to hurt? No, it's actually going to be beneficial, but it's not yeah. going to be a major key if you're still slamming whoppers every single day. Yeah, it's not a requirement, but you can do it if you want. All right, great question. Let's move on. <laughs> Okay, Katie Tolleson wants to know, pumpkin season is upon us, so us basic want to know, <laughs> do you guys like pumpkin? What's your favorite fall treat, and do you have a favorite Live Lean approved fall recipe? This is such a white girl in yoga pants question. <laughs> yeah, so basic. That she even said, us basic. Okay, I'm know. a dude, so I don't really do the pumpkins, the, what is it, pumpkin the P- PSL, mm-hmm. all those kind of things, mm-hmm. so I don't really go for the whole pumpkin, but... You can answer it. I think, you guys, the main issue here with the pumpkin-flavored stuff is that it is sweetened. Like, nobody wants to eat pumpkin in its raw, natural form. Like, if you guys have ever cooked a pumpkin and just, like, taken a bite out of it, it's not that delicious. <laughs> like, if you go so. trick-or-treating and you just see a pumpkin on someone, you just <laughs> take a bite. Yeah, I mean, if it's raw, it's super crunchy. But even if it's cooked, it's, like, the texture's okay, but the flavor is not, like, something to die for. So all these pumpkin-flavored stuff, they taste good because they are loaded with sugar, sugar. especially that PSL from Starbucks. Yeah, like, like isn't there Let's some- be real. Isn't there something with the PSL? like it's the worst high calorie oh yeah it is macro. up there yeah. oh my god it's high fat high sugar and it's just like not good for you so um no not a fan of it um i do like pumpkin you know the vegetable pumpkin i think it can be great in stir fries or yeah. other dishes i mean the, the question wasn't about starbucks pia like she just no. asked what's your favorite fall treat and do you have a favorite living approved fall recipe with pumpkin? yeah well my favorite fall treat would definitely not be the PSL. I know you didn't ask that. <laughs> but I don't know. What would it be? Like, I actually, you guys, I love pie. Like, I'm a pie fiend. Like, I'm so in love with pie. Yeah, pu- 
pumpkin pie but is good. But cherry pie is my is my jam, not pumpkin. Pumpkin pie. I think I have. I don't a, like pumpkin. I think pie I have much. a pumpkin pie recipe. Didn't remember. Yes. So here's a quick little story. Oh, oh my god, that story. <laughs> I love to tell a story. So here's a quick story about the pumpkin pie that I made for Thanksgiving. It was the first Thanksgiving that I spent in the U.S. Family. with yeah. Jessica's family. And they put me in task of creating the pumpkin pie. And, they, and like Jessica's family is very healthy. So like we want a paleo version of a pumpkin pie. And I actually filmed this for Living TV, mm-hmm. which I didn't let you guys in on an insider. As what I did wrong was when I made the pumpkin pie, I used sea salt. And well, which is part of the recipe. No, it, was, it called for sea salt. You used pink Himalayan. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. It called for sea salt. I used pink Himalayan and I did the one for one. Well, I think you also accidentally did like a two for one. I oh, swear. Still to maybe. this day, I swear to you guys, his his measurement. I think it said one teaspoon and used a tablespoon, I think. But anyway, when I made it, it looked great. Like the pumpkin was good, but the crust had all the salt in it. Like we couldn't even eat the crust. <laughs> but so, the filling was super yeah. good though. So there you go. That's that's my yeah. favorite pumpkin. I'm a dude. I'm not like one of these seasonal guys where it's like, ooh, it's fall. Like now I get to eat pumpkin this, pumpkin that. Like no, nah, that's just not how I roll. So. That was a hilarious moment though. We're all sitting there like taking a bite of this pumpkin pie and we all just have <laughs> this look on our face. A little <laughs> we're, salty. We're looking at Brad. <laughs> It was so salty, like like just intrusively salty. Just okay. Uh, so anyway, um, <laughs> moving on. Let's go to the last question. Let's end this podcast. We're having lots of fun, but we got some. Uh, let's end this one off. Last question from Carrie Letier on Facebook says: Best way to get rid of the armpit armpit fat for us ladies. <laughs> armpit fat. Um, okay, so armpit fat. Let's talk about armpit fat. <laughs> Um, okay, so I know this is a really common question and you're serious about this because a lot of ladies like really struggle with that area. But, you know, I, I was about to say, unfortunately, I'm going to burst your bubble and talk about how spot reduction is not a real thing. But I don't want that to be discouraging to you. I'm hoping that this is going to be encouraging to you knowing that when you reduce your overall body fat, you will get rid of these like pockets of, you know, places that you are called trouble zones. So when a person is lean all over, they don't have armpit fat. They don't have, you know, saddlebags or muffin tops or all of these problem areas that people love to target. So, and the reason is because they're lean all over. The fat is more distributed and uh, there's just less of it. So it doesn't pocket as much. So instead of just focusing on what you could do to get rid of the armpit fat, I would really encourage you to look at your body as a whole and think, how do I get leaner overall? How do I reduce my body fat percentage? So, and the answer to that is by following a proper workout program that's gonna stimulate your muscle tissue and help you burn fat. I love doing HIIT workouts for cardio instead of the slow, boring cardio. So make sure you're doing that high intensity, short duration interval training to help you burn fat. And then, you know, also it really does come down to your nutrition and making sure that, you know, not necessarily that you're in a deficit because Carrie, you might already be slim, you know, and just need to focus more on muscle gain. So just making sure that you're eating at your maintenance calories and you're not in a slight surplus or a slight deficit, but you get your diet really solid. Yeah. Like we, as humans, we all lose fat on our bodies at different rates, like different parts of our bodies hold fat more than other parts. And you know, your hormones can affect that. Yeah, Your hormones can affect that, but it's not like you can just target your armpit fat 
Right. You know, so it's just it's just overall fat loss. Like we have to say that over and over right, and right, over right, again. Right. So just get make sure you get on a good fat loss workout program. Make sure you're getting your calories in check and you know you're getting enough protein in your diet, you know, and that armpit fat will come off once, you know, the fat comes off the rest of the body. It just may be your last stubborn body part. Where- and for a lot of women I think the chest can be really underdeveloped. So you may want to include more chest exercises you in your workouts. Yeah, well, what's under the boobies? <laughs> For us ladies, our boobies are on top of our chest muscles. So, um, you know, doing more like push-ups, more chest presses, even more shoulder presses, like things that work that, that area. Um, so just make sure, like if you're on a good workout program, that should already be written into the program. But if you're just kind of like making up your workouts on the fly, um, that's something you would just want to watch to make sure that you do include it. I know some women are afraid to train the chest cause they don't want to have big chest muscles, but if you really feel like flabby around the armpit area, that may be a sign that your chest muscles are underdeveloped. All right. That's another show. So yeah, you guys are awesome. Thank you for those questions. Uh, you know, we, we try to have fun with the questions and <laughs> not just be so this is this and this is that. Like we Boy. like to throw little stories behind things since this is a podcast. Hopefully you guys enjoy how we deliver this podcast. And um, if you do, make sure you head on over to iTunes or Stitcher or however you listen to this podcast in your podcast app and make sure you review this podcast and rate it because that allows us to reach more people. And it's just, it's a way for us to gauge if you're enjoying the podcast or not. So I just want to, I'm going back through right now and I want to give a shout out to um, Mahela Alexander, if I'm pronouncing that right. She left a review saying life-changing is the subject line. I can't express how much I love this podcast. Brad and Jess are very knowledgeable and care about your overall well-being. I have learned so much for them and feel like I am part of the Live Lean family. Besides rockin' bodies, they have rockin' personalities too. They will change your life for the better. I recommend this podcast to everyone. Oh, we love you, girl. Yeah, so thank you. Thank you so much for leaving that review. It's a five-star review. So head on over to your podcast app right now and tell us what's up. Give us a good review or give us whatever review you want, you feel like we should get. We just need to hear from you guys so we know how to improve in the future. And just, we love hearing from you guys. And if you think we argue too much or disagree too often. Well, according, <laughs> to, you, according to you, we don't disagree at I all. I think it's super rare, but maybe <laughs> I'm wrong. I don't know. All right, guys. That's it. Thank you so much for listening. And we will see you at the next episode of Hashtag... Ask Live Lean TV. Love you. you. (laughs) Damn, that's good. There you have it, guys. If you enjoyed this episode, take a screenshot of this podcast on your phone, post it, and tag us at Live Lean TV on your Instagram story right now. Also, if you're ready to invest in your health but just don't know where to start, head over to our website, LiveLeanTV.com, and take a simple four-question quiz and discover the best program for you based on your goals. So I'll leave you with this. Remember, your health, it's an investment. It is not an expense. You only have one body and you are in control of it. So take action and invest in yourself. You can do this and we're here to help. Thanks for listening and keep living lean.